As we jump into this week's episode, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up that we'll be discussing a topic that's going to be received and interpreted differently by each listener, kind of depending on their life experiences and their age and maturity. So due to the sensitivity of the topic, I want to recommend that you use earbuds or headphones if you happen to be in the same room with young children. I'm Lacey Jones, and welcome to Elevate the Individual. This is episode 19, Inside a School Lockdown. This is not a drill. As I set the stage for today's episode, I want to also set the temperature of our conversation with a quote from the fabulous Brene Brown. She states that judgment kills brave spaces. It completely changes our willingness to show up, dig into hard work, and lean into tough conversations. Deep listening, curiosity, and empathy are the foundation of brave spaces. We need to be willing to hear people and believe them. Believing is often the challenge, but it's critical, especially when people's experiences and perspectives are different from ours and or when their hurt can be traced back to the choices we make or the systems we knowingly or unknowingly protect. So today's episode has been weighing heavily on my mind this past week. With the rise in social violence and targeted school attacks, the mental and emotional and physical safety of our children, our teachers, staff, and administrators in that public education system is under attack. And each day, our teachers, staff, administrators, they put their personal safety at risk to show up, to teach and love the students within their care. And these fears, they often go unspoken, but they are never out of mind. So due to social media, personal electronic devices, and instant access to national and world news, students of today know and see the very real dangers of attending school. And yet we hope and we pray that we will never need the drills we practice to prepare for emergency and times of crisis. As a child of the 1900s, let that sink in. I can remember walking out to the playground during fire drills and occasional earthquake drills. As I graduated to junior high and high school in the 1990s, our small community experienced bomb threats and the occasional shady individual, but for the most part, we lived in a relatively safe community. So as a high school grad of the class of 2000, Columbine was a pivotal moment in my school history as I started to consider my personal safety amongst my peers. Since that time, our nation and world have experienced unspeakable tragedies, worst case scenarios, and personal nightmares at the hands of broken individuals. On Monday morning of last week, I woke up to breaking news from my small town of Moscow, Idaho, as the community sat in shock after learning of the tragic deaths of four of their college students. There were more questions than answers, and I really couldn't process what I was reading as I prepared my own children for school that day. So on Mondays, I typically send my kids off to school, and then I get to work either with clients or building the business systems within my coaching practice. However, I had previously cleared my coaching calendar for that day, and I had accepted a substitute 
teaching position at our elementary school. And my kids, they were so excited to have me in their building. And so we headed out the door together that day. And upon entering the school and getting signed in, I asked the office staff if I needed to plan for any emergency drills that day, to which we all breathed this huge sigh of relief when the answer was no. And as I acquainted myself with the classroom and sub plans from the teacher, I was visited by a dear teacher friend who had heard I would be in the building that day. And I'd been wanting to say hello to her, and I was so grateful for her quick visit. And other teachers, they popped in to let me know they were there if I needed anything from them or needed any help. Now, I highly regard the teachers of our elementary school, and I appreciate their support and connection when I'm in the building, and they are family to me. So my students had started their day with a specialist, and as the time approached to pick them up, I contemplated joining them, but decided to spend a little more time prepping within the classroom. And my prep time quickly ended as the school went into lockdown, and I soon found myself sitting on the ground behind the teacher's desk, using her chair for a shield as I waited for their instruction. This was not a drill. This was full lockdown, and I could hear the police sirens speed up to the school and then quickly shut off. They had reached their destination. We were their destination. Without the students and limited communication, I was alone with my thoughts, and I was alone with God. So as a woman of faith, I prayed. I prayed for protection, for peace, for clarity, and the ability to act when it called upon. At some point, I texted my husband to let him know, and as time went on, I figured I'd better let my parents know too. One more wait for my parents as they too had woken up to the news within their community of Moscow, Idaho. The emotions did not bubble as they do today, but my perspective within that moment behind that chair was different than it is now. I couldn't see what was happening outside of the school or in other parts of the school. And I've since learned that every person that experienced some aspect of the lockdown has differing thoughts based on who they were with, the information they received, the things they witnessed, and their location. And the experience was different for each teacher, each substitute teacher, each staff member, administrator, school resource officer, police officer, and parent, because we each saw different things. For this reason... I want to remind you of the words I started with at the top of this episode from Brene Brown. She stated, judgment kills brave spaces. It completely changes our willingness to show up, dig into hard work, and lean into tough conversations. So as we seek to heal after times of crisis, we must first seek to understand the situation from differing perspectives. Judgment will only hinder the process and keep us stuck. Judgment comes from our thoughts about a situation, and our thoughts are based on our circumstances, and no two people experience the same set of circumstances that day. I share my experience from the perspective of a substitute teacher, so that if you are struggling to understand and process the events of this day, you will have another perspective to glean information from. 
Now, I also share my experience for those who are considering working within the public education system. Not to scare you off, but to help you prepare for the different challenges that might arise. We run emergency drills for a reason. Preparation is key. Now, the realization that this was not going to end anytime soon, it sunk in after about an hour, and oddly enough, a welcome sense of relief came as my students were eventually returned to the classroom. I was no longer alone. My dear teacher friend who had previously stopped by that morning was also with the students and she was a true answer to at least one of my prayers offered that day. We were instructed to keep the students at level zero voices and sheltered away from doors and windows. For the next four hours, we did our best to follow instructions, meet their needs and comfort those who needed comfort while keeping our own emotions in check. On paper, it is an impossible task. However, I continued to receive texts and support from other mothers who were also praying for our safety. Those who were texting were outside of the school. Their experience was different from mine. Whereas I could only hear the sirens, they could see the swarms of police and SWAT team members and the gathering crowd of anxious parents eager to retrieve their children. Their perspective led to different emotions, different comments, and different concerns. In times of crisis, we all react differently due to our previous life experiences, our involvement within the crisis, and the information we have. Correct information, but also incorrect information. Our brains are wired to keep us safe and alive. As command central for our bodies, our brains are constantly pulling in and processing information. With this information, we act. When the brain lacks information, it will seek it and it will fill in the gaps when information is missing. So even if that filler information is incorrect, because it just needs something And when incorrect information is received, the brain's going to go to work justifying or making sense of the info it has if it seems useful for survival. This is why we see so many people posting wildly incorrect statements on social media. When there's a lack of information, someone will try to fill in the gaps. Others are going to glom on to that info as if it were factual, and then their brain's going to seek to put the pieces together, and then they share their new opinion as if it's factual. It's a storm of incorrect information that quickly snowballs and becomes a hazard for all involved as people begin acting on incorrect information. During times of emergency and missing information, trust is a key factor. When we went into full lockdown and I was alone in the classroom, I had to trust that those individuals outside of my perspective were doing everything within their power to keep me safe. I truly trusted the school administrators and police force to keep us safe, and they did. I trusted that the teachers caring for my own children would keep them safe, and they did. I trusted that those who were caring for my students prior to them arriving in the classroom would keep them safe. And they did. When those students walked into my classroom, I had to trust my abilities and that I would keep them safe. 
because this is our homeschool and I've been teaching art and subbing in different classes. So I've become familiar with some of these students. I could see the flicker of familiarity and peace settle for some of the students as they saw who their sub was that day. I heard it in the text that I received from worried mothers. So here's my question for you, dear listener. In times of emergency, who do you want to have comforting your child? The obvious answer is that we all hope there's not going to be times of emergency and that if things happen, we will be able to quickly protect and rescue our children. However, we know that that will not always be the case. So this is where I call on the mothers of students in the public education system. If you're wondering how you can protect your children, start by becoming familiar with the teachers who serve your children. Find ways to volunteer within the school. If work and other obligations prevent you from physically being in the school, then develop a relationship with your teachers by offering service in other forms, grade papers, stuff folders, cut out laminated projects, or any other project that can be completed within your home on your time. Be respectful of the teacher's time, their talents, experience, and profession as you seek ways to help. Through serving, you're going to gather a whole lot of information that's going to put your mind and your heart at ease during times of crisis. Now for those who are considering working within the schools as either paraeducators, clerical staff, or substitute teachers, I highly recommend that you do so. Yes, even after experiencing a full lockdown, I still recommend that other mothers work within the schools. And many have asked if I will continue to sub. The answer is yes, and the answer is I have in the days after this experience. Think about this. In times of crisis, who would you want to respond to your child if the teacher is unavailable? Who would you hope is there to comfort, direct, and protect your child? Option one, their friend's mother who's familiar with several students, administrators, teachers, staff, the layout of the building, and school procedures. Or option two, a sub that accepted a random assignment at a school they're not familiar with, working alongside teachers and students they're just getting to know. While this isn't a terrible option, and I have been that sub in other schools, I would choose option one in a heartbeat. Now imagine if each elementary school had a list of five to 10 subs within their boundaries that they could call on any given day to fill the absences of their teachers. Imagine the trust students, parents, staff, and emergency personnel would experience as their minds race for more information during these times of crisis, knowing that their friends and neighbors are serving those in need. Again, as a child of the 90s, Mr. Rogers taught us how to be good neighbors. He has been quoted as saying, we live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say it's not my child, not my community, not my world, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. I consider those people my heroes. To the teachers, the staff, the administrators, safety resource officers, and police departments who protected and served us that day, 
Thank you. Your level of professionalism and care in the face of crisis was inspiring. You are our heroes. My all-time favorite Mr. Rogers quote that I hold close to my mama heart is this. When I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. So dear listeners, will you be the helper? Mothers, are you starting to wonder how you can support the teachers and educators in your life? Are you unsure where and how to start? Well, I'd love to visit with you and help you take the first steps during a 25-minute discovery call. It's super fast, and we can quickly pinpoint any uncertainties that might be preventing you from taking action. Now, teachers, have you been holding your breath, waiting for that other shoe to drop as you attempt to keep all of the balls in the air? Are you discouraged and feeling undersupported and overworked? It's time for you to put on your oxygen mask before attempting to advocate for the students in your care. Please schedule a 25-minute recovery call, and we'll find three ways to help ease your burdens. You can head to LaceyJonesCoaching.com or click the link in the show notes below to schedule your call. Thank you for your service as we work together to heal the public education system from within. Together, we will elevate the individual for the good of the whole.